hey, you're listening to Chew on That, and here's what we're chewing on today. But did you know that despite the devil's efforts, God wants to give you a better life than you've ever even dreamed of? In fact, he said, this is part two of the same verse. He said, I came to give life with joy and abundance. I came that you may have and enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I came so you can have real and eternal life, more and better life than you've ever dreamed of. Those verses, it's the essence of Christmas. Christmas represents the ultimate gift, Jesus. Jesus came to earth so we could live, laugh, and love. I want to talk about that for the next few weeks, starting today with a message we're calling Live Well. Welcome to Chew on That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church here in Green Bay. And you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the most current sermon series happening. Sermon. I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> I couldn't spell it if I tried. I think there's a Y in it, though. Anyway, so we're going to talk about that today. Joining me today is my friend, Angela Colt. Say hi, Angela. Hey, Scott. I'm so excited that you're here. Maybe, like, I feel like a lot of people might know your face. Uh-huh. And just so you guys know that she's just as smiley sitting across the table from me as she is. When she's singing up on stage or when you watch her in worship videos. But anyway, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself so that people can maybe know more about you. Sure. So um, I didn't grow up in Green Bay. I'm originally from Watertown, which is about two hours south of here. Um, But I came to Green Bay for a job. Um, I work at KI. Um, That's originally how I came to Green Bay. Um, I work in marketing communications. So right now I'm a team leader for our web and digital marketing initiatives, which is super fun. Um, but it's really nice because right now I can work at home seamlessly and we still you know, keep everything going on the website. It's just as important as ever right now. Nice. Um, but I have uh, my husband, Caleb, and two children. Um, Bennett is, oh gosh, seven. <laughs> it's always so hard to be back in a room. It is. Like, time goes by so fast. And Audrey is going to be five next week. So, oh, yeah, I love that. Girl and a boy. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, so then you didn't know Caleb when you came here. I didn't, no. So, you know, a lot of what I think we're going to talk about today will kind of segue into this. But, no, I met Caleb actually at church and, um, I, I got involved in the choir and I started putting out feelers for how desperate I was because mm-hmm. I was single and I had my job. So I thought my life was like ready, like yeah. almost complete, except for um, husband. <laughs> so I put those feelers out there and met a few guys and Caleb was on that list, wow. <laughs> the short list. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I thought I was just passing through Green Bay, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't think Green Bay was my forever home. Um, but, you know, when I met a local boy, uh, things kind of changed. And we kind of had to put that out there when we first met, you know, like, are you willing to leave Green Bay? Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, because that was kind of a, a tipping point if we were going to stay together. But he said originally he was, he'd consider it if there was the right opportunity. But uh, I, I don't think that we're ever going to leave now. I think Green Bay is really the right place for us. And, you know, we enjoy raising our kids here, families nearby. So, yeah. So you both work at KI, yes? We do now. So yep. that's not how you met. No, no. Because um, Caleb was originally working somewhere else. And when he was between jobs, um, he had applied at KI um, while I was there. Um, and of course I had to put in the good referral form. Right. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's had a couple positions while at KI and he's, he's, also where he's meant to be. So it's, gotcha. it's neat being there together. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to hear how you talked about like this, uh, finding a man process. Yeah. Cause it feels very regimented <laughs> and very like deliberate <laughs> and intentional where they're like lists and spreadsheets and stuff like that. Cause I kind of get that impression. Well, you know, growing up in the church, you kind of, 
um, are ingrained to believe that your ideal mate has to have certain qualities. Yep. You know, so I could probably go back to notebooks full of ideal qualities that my man should have. I see. And you go out looking for those things and it's like, where is this ideal yeah. man? It's yeah. nowhere. And then it's like, well, am I lowering my standards if I don't get all of those things? Gotcha. And, you know, I just got to a place where I was... I would say lonely to be PC, but I, I will, mm. it really desperate, really? <laughs> you know, or it's just like, I need, I need someone, you know, I, I, I can just feel unfulfilled. I'm ready, you know, yeah. and, and I have, I, I dated a couple guys. I think there was a guy, um, in Green Bay from work. Um, but you know, me and yeah. you kind of move on. You're like, okay, well I'm going to go a different direction. And I hope there's no chance that that guy's listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> Zero chance. Okay. He moved back to New York. <laughs> But, um, no, I, um, being part of the choir, um, I met a few lady friends who, you know, you, you put those feelers out there, like, do you know any guys? Right, yeah. And there were a, f- a few really, um, just wonderful, nice older ladies with well-meaning intentions who hooked <laughs> me up with like their grandsons. <laughs> I was like, well, thank you. Yeah. But, uh, no, yeah, through, through the grapevine, we, we got to Caleb's sister-in-law was part of the choir and, and, you know, she was like, well, I've got a single brother-in-law. I'm like, okay, well he was, he ended up being three years younger than me. I'm like, well, oh, that's, that's I guess interesting. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I robbed the cradle. Hmm. So, um, yeah, Caleb's three years younger and, uh, at first I was like, well, guys usually aren't that mature to begin with, like when it comes That's to true. girls versus guys. And so I'm like, well, that'd be a risk. Um, but he was, you know. See, there was a spreadsheet then. Like you're doing like risk assessments. Right? And like, That's so right? funny. <laughs> Cross-referencing. Wow. So you mentioned yeah. growing up like in church. So do, have yeah. you been like in church your whole life? I have, yeah. My, um, I'm, I'm grateful to say that my parents um, brought us up in the church. Uh, my parents um, attended um, Watertown Assembly of God. So we grew up in the Assembly Church. Um, it was a small church in Watertown. And, you know, growing up, I just thought that's what everybody did. I thought yeah. everybody went to church. And it's not until you kind of get more self-awareness like through middle school and high school that you realize not everybody was brought up the same way as you. Um, so I realized that it was different mm. and, um, but I, I'm grateful for it looking back now. Cause you know, raising my own kids, you know, we know just how important it is to be raised in the church. Um, but that's not to say that life is perfect, you know, yeah, all along yeah. the ways. Cause I think you're originally pointed in the right direction, but until you kind of realize for yourself why you want to have a relationship with Jesus, it's not, it's just not real. You know, you can, you can be brought up in that, um, but it's not, again, until, until you have that personal connection, um, it can just be something that you were brought up with. You know, my brothers and sisters have a different approach to their life now, you know, as adults mm. than, than I do. Um, and <laughs> I will say it's probably because I was compared to my brothers and sisters, I was probably the black sheep. You know, oh. they would be the ones who mom and dad would say, do this, they do that thing. Mom and dad would tell me, do that, do this. And I'd say, why? Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to do this other thing. And, um, you know, so I, I went through some struggles growing up and I can say that, um, that's kind of, it has led me to where I am now. Gotcha. So I know there's, it's, it's weird to say you're grateful for the struggles or for, you know, having those dark moments in your life. But for me, it's really shaped who I am now. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Cause I can look back and say, um, that, you know, God brought me out of those things. You yeah. know, that's not just some cliche thing to say that God saved me. That's, that's something that, um, you know, again, really shapes, uh, my relationship with God now being grateful for him having saved me from that, those dark pits of loneliness or whatever it was, you know, going through those things. And, and now I'm rambling. Mm. Do you see, do you see that, um, independence in your kids that like they would want to know why they have to do something rather than just doing something? Well, for sure. 
Yeah. And I think that's, again, why I'm grateful for having gone through those things, because I can see that. Yeah. And we can address it right then and there. Whereas um, my parents were so squeaky clean and and had never done anything wrong in their lives that they couldn't like relate to me. Really. Yeah. And so that's, again, why I felt so isolated and kind of alone, like nobody gets me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh it, you know, I can understand my kids and, and questioning things. And like this past Sunday was communion Sunday for kids church. And we kind of went over things and I think they got it. And like, I was kind of impressed that, I mean, Pastor Dallas did an amazing job explaining all the things, but again, it, it, it putting it in perspective, you know, I don't wish that they go through dark times so that they can also realize why they need a personal relationship, but we can talk about those things yeah. and try to make that connection and yeah. point that I love direction. That. Mm-hmm. So you've been at Life Church just about as long as you've been in town. Um, well, I, I initially started going to church that was on the east side of Green Bay because that's where I was. Oh. Um, I don't even know. Is that church. where you joined the choir? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. see. What church was that? That was Celebration. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. And that's where I originally met um, Pastor Jonathan because his dad was the worship director right. there. Right. Yeah. And he actually officiated our wedding. Oh, you know, so that's So we have that sweet. connection. Yeah. So that was, yeah, I think that was before Life Church existed. But um, yeah. So organically, you know, through the years, it just, we realized that Life Church is where we meant, we're meant to be. And, and yeah, we're so glad gotcha. to be part And of you're church. on the worship team. Mm-hmm. And in fact, just before we uh, sat down to do the show, you were looking at some video that you guys shot for the upcoming Christmas yes, special. So excited for and that. So you were singing Old Holy Night mm-hmm. in a really cool old, chapel-y place mm-hmm. yep, in the valley. Yep, it was just yep. beautiful. So yeah, like, thanks. once again, just floored by Angela's voice. And so yeah. as much as I want this to be the Angela Colt show, <laughs> we're going to move in and start talking about what Sean let's had to say. And so uh, <laughs> let's just jump in and listen to that first soundbite right now. But for the first year since the Hennessy family has been here, we couldn't have the event. And not being able to have the event got me to thinking, what happens when life isn't merry and bright? What about the times when it seems like the devil is winning? Because there are times when it feels like the devil is winning. And if you feel like that, first of all, you're not alone. The Bible, it's filled with people who felt the same way. For example, Solomon, he was a man who literally had everything that he could ever want and more. He was wise and wealthy, well-known and well-regarded. I mean, leaders came from around the world just to get his advice and just to see if he was as wealthy as everyone advertised. But in spite of all that, he was completely unfulfilled. He wrote an entire book about it. It's called The Book of Ecclesiastes. And he penned these words while in a really dark place. Look at what he says in chapter two, verse 17. So I hated life because the work that's done under the sun, it was grievous to me. All of it, it's meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind. And, And I've been in that place, have you? You know, that place where life has no meaning, your marriage isn't working, your job is in jeopardy, your money, it's gone, your kids, they're distant. I mean, those are some of the gifts that 2020 has given us. We recently uh, got a puppy at our house. And so this will, in total, be four, right? Four dogs that we've had. And so when I first met my wife, I had a dog that my brother bought me. He was a beagle. And Kate was not a dog person. Mm. And so if I wanted to be with Kate, I couldn't be with my dog. And so um, his name uh, was Indy. And Indy didn't last long at our house once we got married. And so, but Kate was never a dog person. And then we babysat somebody's dog. And Kate was like, maybe I'm a dog person. So we bought... I guess what was our first dog together, Boca, who we still have. That was seven years ago. And Boca is a golden doodle and she's fantastic. She's like the most perfect dog. She looks perfect. She acts perfect. (laughs) She's just perfect. 
And so uh, then we tried to get a second dog mm. a couple years ago, Rolo. And Rolo was also a doodle. He was a Springer doodle. Okay. And so I like the colors of Springer Spaniels. So we got, but like, it was just chaos, Angela, all the time. Just dogs running around, Yikes. fighting and barking. And, oh, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. And like, mm-hmm. it, I was, uh, I'm a, I want to say I'm a stay-at-home dad, but I'm like, I, I, like I have my own business, right? Yeah, but it's out of the house. And so yeah. like, I'm just always home with these crazy running around dogs. <laughs> Anyway, so we ended up like, we can't keep this dog. And yeah. so our neighbors ended up adopting the dog. And nice. so now like he still comes over to our house all the time and plays. We, yeah. we looped in their yard to our yard nice. with the electrical fence. So they just, you know, it's still like their family. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, my son, Abe, he's now 11, talks a lot about how he wishes that Boca was his dog, that he didn't get a chance to know a Boca mm-hmm. when he was little because he was too young when we got it and he couldn't bond with her. And all he wants in the whole world is a puppy. Oh, no. All he wants is a puppy. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, but the chaos and oh, but the poop and oh, but the, right. Yes. And then my wife's like, oh, but the money. Cause she's yeah. like the money person okay. at our house. Are mm-hmm. you the money person at your house? I, I bet you are. Yep, yeah. I am. <laughs> I bet there's spreadsheets. Yes. Anyway. So she's like, oh, but the money. Right. Cause I mean, I know that you should rescue dogs. Like you should totally do that. But mm-hmm. like we have allergy things at my oh. house and so we need a, we need a doodle. Yep. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so Kate's like, we just can't get another dog. But then like out of the blue. Like the Friday after Thanksgiving, she's like, I found the dog. It's down in Platteville, but we have to decide right now. (laughs) And so like I sit down with my kids and I'm like, listen, we can get this dog, but you're home right now because of COVID and school. Mm -hmm. And we have to do this together. Mm. I can't do everything by myself. (laughs) And Abe is like, no, this is my chance to get my own dog and I can raise it and I can know it and I can carry it and I can rah, rah, rah. Right. Yeah. And so as a dad. I want nothing but my kids to have what they of want. Of course. Right? So we agree. We get the dog, right? And like for that Saturday, so like Friday night when they got home and all day Saturday was like like the most magical. This is the best day yeah. dad of my entire life. And is it a puppy? Or it's a puppy, it? yes. Okay. So it's, oh, no. it's just nine weeks now. <laughs> oh. right? And he's super cute. His yeah. name is Ollie and he's great. And he's a Cavapoo, which okay. sounds like a chick dog to me. <laughs> so I don't like to tell the dog's yeah. breed because I feel like... <laughs> anyway, but he's a Cavalier Spaniel poodle mix. Okay. And so... Anyway, he's a good puppy. Abe spends zero time with him. Uh-oh. All he wanted in the whole world was a puppy, right? Just a chance, right? Just a chance. I just want a chance, Dad. Oh, my gosh. So, like, just yesterday, after spending all day not being with the puppy, I'm like, I'm just confused by this, buddy. I just need you to help me understand. Because, like, all you wanted was a puppy. That's all you wanted, to yeah. be fulfilled. Yeah. Like, your life lacked meaning, lacked fulfillment without a puppy. Right. We got you this... X dollar amount puppy, which was a lot. Like, let me just say that you could buy a Saturn view right now <laughs> for the same that we just spent on this puppy. So like, we've got this thing that all you want in the whole world was this thing. And now you could care less about this yeah. thing. Oh no. And so I think about that, not just to tell you this puppy story and the dog has an underbite. Oh. Like it's like, I'm, I'm showing you in the microphone. You can't see it. But like, you know, like there's some dogs that are underbite. Like yeah. those are the ugliest dogs yeah. in the world to me. And so I'm like, do you think if I punch the dog in the no. face, maybe it'll fix the underbite? Cause like, I can't walk around with an underbite dog. Oh my oh, gosh. No. Anyway. So I say that because like, I love this thing about Sean talking about fulfillment because yeah. that we all have our puppies. Like Mm -hmm. we're like, if only I had just this one thing, if I had this job or if I had this boy, Mm -hmm. which by the way, your boy was really cute. Right. And I feel like he's like, (laughs) you know, he's like a good dude. Like I like your husband a lot. So, but like, if I only had this one thing, my life would be complete. Yeah. And then we get that thing. And then we're like, Mm -hmm. Hey, with this, eh, that's Mm -hmm. all right. I had a day. That's all I needed was just a day. Mm -hmm. And so it's because I feel like we fix our eyes. I think maybe Sean talks about this later in the message. Maybe I shouldn't blow that, but I feel Mm -hmm. like, when we try to, when we set our hearts on things, yeah. we should really examine what we're mm-hmm. setting our hearts on. Because right. when we get the thing that we want, it turns out that it's not what we wanted at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, like I, sometimes I feel like I'm really busy, like too busy. And I'm not trying to glorify busy. Like I'm really working against not glorifying yeah. my busyness. <laughs> it's probably, I'm going through a journey to homeless. So it probably has something to do with my dad and how he told me mm. that I was lazy or something. Mm. And so now I just can't stop working because sure. yeah. I will never make it up to my dad right. who's now passed it, away. Yeah. And like, I can't mm-hmm. ever make it up to him. Not anyway, there's all this ridiculousness to that. But anyway, my point is, is sometimes I like, if I could just get a day off, but now I'm worried about taking a day off because what if like, that's not enough. Mm. And what if I'm not like, I'm not grateful for that day mm. off. Like what if I'm not present enough? And so mm-hmm. I just feel like, as people, that's just how we are. Like, we yes. feel like all I really want, like I think about mm-hmm. David on top of his palace, right? Like he's right. sitting on the rooftop yep. watching the stars and there's mm-hmm. that chick, mm-hmm. Beersheba, Bathsheba, mm-hmm. one of the Sheba sisters. <laughs> yep. Anyway, because wasn't there a Beersheba too? Isn't there a Bathsheba uh, and there a Beersheba? Isn't there a and then Bathsheba? Yeah, I don't know if it's the same chick or it's just like Beersheba's a shorter <laughs> version of Bathsheba. I don't know. But anyway, looking at Bathsheba, all he wants is that one thing. And then he does that one thing and he's got it. He's like, oh, now I got to screw that up. Now I have to fix this thing. And I feel like well, that's how we go through our lives, that's you true. know? Yeah. Well, to that point too, because I thought, you know, once I have the perfect man, then I'll have this perfect life. And, you know, to be honest, that first year of our marriage was the worst ever. Oh. It was so rough, you know, because we, we got married pretty quick. We had dated for like three months before we got engaged. And then we were married within a year of knowing each other. So we... Um, a year to our anniversary, <clears throat> we hadn't hadn't even met yet. So uh, that first year, we were still really getting. But you had your mindset of being married. Right? I know I exactly. Like so I'm like, so I know this Angela is the one. Right right. Oh, no, okay, <laughs> just stop me whenever you want me to. Um, but no, I, I thought we were in, okay. This is the man. I feel it in my in my spirit in my gut. This is this is the right one. Um, but then, why was that first year you know so rough? I'm like, well. Wh- where did I mess up? You know, cause I, I never regretted our, our marriage for a second, but, um, should we have dated longer? Should we have really gotten to know um, yeah. each other more so that, you know, we weren't getting mad at each other over the pettiest things like leaving the lights on or who's going to load the dishwasher every night. You know, those <laughs> silly little, little things that just make your life miserable when it really shouldn't cause they're really so minor. But you know, I, and then you kind of question God. You're like, God, wasn't this the thing you had for me? Like yeah. I thought I would be living this perfect, like feeling completely fulfilled life. And all of a sudden it's, it's completely not what you thought it was going to be or, you know, what your expectations were going to be. And, you know, I, I had to come to grips with, you know, things that we had to work on and really looking back 10, 10 years now of our marriage, um, having those moments are what built our relationship, you yeah. know? So really it, it, you know, wasn't really comfortable to go through, but we had to, to get to where we are now, you know, stronger than ever. And, you know, we're on the same page raising our kids and, um, but even now, you know, I should have, you know, quote, perfect life. And, you know, I've got a great husband, got the great kids. And, you know, there's still moments where you question, like, is this all? Is this it? Like, what's next? You know? And, you know, to your point about being busy, it's like, should I add more things to find more fulfillment? Um, but again, I keep coming back to, you know, these messages that Sean brings up where it's like, you know, you have to find comfort and satisfaction right where you are. Cause you know, you are where God has meant you to be. And again, he has plans for your future, um, and, uh, plans to give you a hope. And those are the things that I hang my head on every time I have those dark moments where it's like, Ooh, you know, am yeah. I not doing enough or, you know, should I be doing things differently? Again, like social media sometimes is the worst thing ever because is, you just really. start comparing yourselves to all these like perfect Instagram moms who seem to have it all together. And it's like, Oh, I'm not doing that. I should be doing that. I should be doing that. And, and all of a sudden you start to become very unsatisfied. So I, I, I purposely have to shut those off, stop comparing, focus on what I do have and the blessings that I 
do have are so great. And that's what really gives me fulfillment in these times. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love all that because I feel like we have, we have to decide for ourselves what our, what our finish line looks Mm -hmm. like. And if our finish line looks like perfect husband, perfect house, perfect car, because you get that infinity big (laughs) SUV, which a lot of people feel like that's the perfect car anyway. So, but I feel like we, you know, we, we draw our finish line around those things. You know what I mean? And then when we get those things, we're like, this is the finish line. This is stupid. Yep. And so that's why I feel like, that's why I feel like our relationship with who Jesus is Mm -hmm. and who we are in Jesus is that's a much better finish line. Mm -hmm. And then I can't measure that. On my mm-hmm. 1040, I can't measure mm-hmm. that. On my 1099, I can't measure that. Yeah. And what's in my garage or how many square feet are on exactly. my house? I can't mm-hmm. measure that by that. Mm-hmm. It's immeasurable. And what I find is that if I if my finish line is immeasurable, then I can't compare that to anything. And right. I don't know if I'm falling short. All I know is that God loves me right. and that it bears fruit. Yep. And I don't need to count the fruit. Mm-hmm. You exactly. Know? So true. Yep. Here's another of life's biggest questions. Does my life even matter? You're not the only person who's ever wondered that or asked that question. Isaiah 49, 4 says, my work all seems so useless. I've spent my strength for nothing, for no purpose at all. No purpose at all? Like, yo, this is Isaiah, like the guy who saw the Lord. He said, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up and his glory, or as he said, his train, it filled the temple. And and like the God who was surrounded by angels, he's literally inside of God's courtroom and God's surrounded by these powerful and mighty angels who were singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And one of them like takes a coal and touches Isaiah's lip and he says, here I am, Lord, send me. Like he, like that Isaiah or the Isaiah who God used to prophesy the coming of Jesus. And yet he's asking, does my life even matter? Like, I feel like I know all those times in the Bible where like, where David and Solomon and everyone else was talking about like, what's the purpose of life? This is stupid. Because I mean, like the Psalms are full of like a lot of cheery thought, but mm-hmm. they're also full of a lot of like really dark Deep thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so, and I know that there's another one starts with a P, doesn't Proverbs? it? Nope. Yeah. That does start with P. Psalms? Oh, nope. But Lamentations, <laughs> oh. right? Because Lamentations by definition is a bunch mm-hmm. of like. Yes. Spoil sport, sourpuss yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I know that those things exist, but I, I love how Sean points out, like, even the guys that had everything. So, like, mm-hmm. he pointed out Solomon, who mm-hmm. literally had everything, right? Like, all the money, all the women, all the th- everything. Like, mm-hmm. he had everything. Mm-hmm. And still felt like, what is the purpose of life? Or Isaiah, who had the deepest relationship possible with a God that hadn't shown himself to the world yet, but he got to see that. And yeah. so, neither spiritually nor materially, or here's mm-hmm. two guys who are still like, what is there got to be more to life than this. Mm-hmm. This is stupid. Right. And so like, I love that Sean points that out, that even yeah. the, the, the people that had the most access to the most success, again, both spiritually and materially, mm-hmm. both felt like their lives were empty. They both mm-hmm. got to a place where they just sat around and looked around and thought, this is yeah. not even worth it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and two, it helps me to understand that, you know, spiritual people feel this way too, you know, cause there's a point where if you start having those feelings, then you feel that self guilt. Well, oh, am I not spending enough time in God's word? Am I not praying enough? You know, and, and am I not a good enough Jesus person that I'm having these, um, thoughts and feelings, you know, to, so to hear those stories where, you know, people who you look up to as the greatest spiritual leaders of all time, they are still questioning the meaning of life. You know, it, it's okay to have those thoughts and those feelings, but then you bring it back, you know, 
I, I realize for me is I just, I just have to dig in deeper. You know, I have to shut some other things off, stop the distractions and, and dive deeper. And God always meets me there, you know, and that's where I, I encourage people who also have those, those, um, dark, deep thoughts that if you're questioning those things, God wants you to bring those questions to him. He wants to, um, help you work through those things. Don't hide them as if they're not a part of you because, um, you know, of any guilt you might feel for bringing those thoughts up. Um, but work through them, you know, um, just be raw and honest with God. And for me, again, that, that's what helps open the door to healing and uh, to healing even those negative thoughts and, and turn them around. Or maybe it doesn't come to me you know, during prayer time or, or Bible reading time, but um, through words from other people. You know, Again, having these connections, whether they're in person or, or virtual, having other people speak life into you, you know, God can work through them to help make those connections that you need to kind of move past those, those dark thoughts and feelings. So I, I love that. Those yeah. examples from Sean. You know, I also grew up AG. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I feel like there was pieces that they left out for yeah. me. And one of the pieces I was thinking about as you were talking was like, I need to be perfect mm-hmm. and I'm not done mm-hmm. with this until I'm perfect. Yeah. I'm not a full member of this church or the kingdom of God or the family of God until I'm perfect. And anything short of that, you know, leaves me short. Right. Mm -hmm. And so no one pointed out that what you just pointed out about Solomon and Isaiah and everybody else were like, here's like some of the superheroes Mm -hmm. of the old Testament. And they're talking about how they're looking for more meaning in life. And so it's okay that I find myself in a spot where like, why don't, because I've, up until most recently, I would have felt like I'm a failure as a Christian because I feel like I need more out of life, mm. right? Rather than seeing it, as you said, as a stepping stone or as a growth opportunity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would just say, well, I've just failed. Right. I'm failing. I'm failing as a Christian, mm-hmm. right? Or like, I'm, because this just came up this weekend because there's this guy at LC downtown. He's this great kid. He's trying to figure everything out. And he's just, he's having some like emotional things. Mm-hmm. Like he's just trying to square that away. Mm-hmm. And so- we were talking about that and he said, I'm on this medication and I feel like it's helping, but I feel stupid that I'm on a medication. And like, I know that I'm much older than you, but even probably like back when you were a kid, like people didn't talk about like mental illness right. or they didn't talk about being on medication or going mm-hmm. to see a shrink no, or mm-hmm. right. Because that meant that you didn't have enough faith. Yep. 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 Like a broken leg is a broken leg or mm-hmm. leukemia is leukemia. You can pray for healing on that, but mm-hmm. you know, you, you should be able to get over your mm-hmm. emotional shortcomings, yep. right? Because yeah. it just means you don't have enough faith. Yeah. And so like, I feel like church, the big C church sometimes mm-hmm. leaves us, uh, under informed yeah. when it comes to stuff like that, that, that brokenness or incompletedness, mm-hmm. yeah. Uncom- mm-hmm. incom- it's, it's incomplete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incompletedness. Like mm-hmm. those things are okay. Yeah. Then in fact, some of the best people that we know in the Bible are that way right. or some of the best people that we know in real life. Right. Oh yeah. And, and that's again, when I have family members or friends who, um, are from the church and you know some of these things are what regrettably seems to break them away from the church because you know they they felt like all the all these years the church is like you said big c church has been lying to them once they get everything figured out then life is supposed to be perfect nothing wrong is supposed to happen and then they come to a point where it's like that that's not true so then they blame the church oh i was wrong i was wrong to believe and follow the church and then they kind of turn away from, from God when you realize that the church as an organization is not perfect. (laughs) Um, but when you really, um, dig deeper into Christ and and God's word, um, that's where you're going to find that wholeness and that completion. But it's, it's almost easier to believe those, 
lies that kind of draw you away and you kind of get then to this place where you're looking back like was was all of it a lie Uh, was 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 any of this real and you know that's where you know i think you and i as jesus person uh, jesus people we were desperately trying to tell them yes yes this 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 is the way the only way um but you know something needs to happen i i get it for you know others in order to make that connection themselves and you just all you can do is pray and point them in the right direction and you know really trust that Jesus is going to meet them where where they need to be met yeah I feel like our our faith and the deeper we get into our faith the more this changes because I feel like our faith changes our definition of success and Mm -hmm. failure Mm -hmm. or whole and broken or right and wrong and it's not the way that we thought it was it's Mm -hmm. not like this deep faith has nothing to do with keeping commandments or you know like having a new set of rules that you have to follow, yeah. that it changes your definition of success and failure because to succeed, if you ask Jesus what what is successful and people had mm-hmm. in the New Testament, they asked him like, what does it take to succeed at that? Well, you need to love the Lord your God with everything you've got. Yeah. And you need to love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, that they're not even one and two. It's mm-hmm. like one and one A. Yeah. Because you can't, and I've been thinking about that this week because I feel like I can't love God with everything I've got without loving my neighbor because yeah. Like God's real and he exists and he's, but I mean, like he's Mm -hmm. less than tangible for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to like wash God's car or it's hard for me to like pick up some groceries for God or to go visit God at the hospital Mm -hmm. or to bring God some food when he's hungry. So God's like, so I need you to do that to everybody else. And so that's what success looks like. It doesn't look like what we thought it looked like. Mm -hmm. And so when you have this faith, it's like, there's freedom in that for me anyway. Like I I no longer have to chase the Joneses or I have to know if they're the chase, you know, being recognized as the top 50 people under 50. Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding. Because there's not such a thing. So, because I'm not under 50. The top 60 people under 60. Anyway, so like I don't have to chase those things. Mm -hmm. I have to chase those kind of accolades or those kind of crowns. Mm -hmm. Then in fact, the only crown that I should be chasing is the one where I'm loving God and loving my neighbor. Mm -hmm. Or loving God by loving my neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. So good. For whatever reason, after spending the past nine months in and out of isolation and quarantine, too many of us are still bitter and ugly, mean and hurtful. Rather than being kind or helpful, loving or patient, far too many of us are still hateful and vindictive. But guys, it's time we stop. We need to stop living our lives the way we've always lived our lives. We're better than that. Friend, you're better than that. Proverbs 9, 6 says, leave your impoverished confusion and live. It's saying like, like leave your spiritual poverty mentality and live. Walk up the street to a life with meaning. Again, growing up assemblies of God, Mm -hmm. when there were verses that came up like this, I thought that having a better life meant that I've walked away from my sin, which means that I don't do the bad things anymore. I don't, as an AG person, I don't go to movies. I don't swear. I don't dance. Nothing unholy. Right. Yep. Yep. And so, but even, even like those, even if you're not super (laughs) hyper Pentecostal and like, it's just like, I got to do not, I have to not do the things in the 10 commandments or the, you know, the laws. Mm -hmm. And so I always thought that that's what they was talking about. Like walk away from your old life Mm -hmm. into a new life. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's not a one stop thing. Like, I feel like what, when I, when I stepped into faith and I, you know, tried not to do the things that were bad, Mm -hmm. I thought that that was it. And that's not it. Mm -hmm. That in fact, when I read those words now, I think about people who are already, uh, I was just going to air quote, but you can't see that. (laughs) 
like that are already Christians, yeah. right? That it's actually that life that a lot of us have to walk away yes. from into like a deeper. Yes. I just uh, was thinking about um, last week. I do a lot on the Facebook. I <laughs> I feel like I'll say it's because like, I, I feel like I've got a, I'm an influencer on Facebook. Sure. And so I need to, it's only, I feel like there's probably more to it than that. But <laughs> anyway, I posted this thing about putting Christ back into Christmas mm-hmm. and about how, okay, well, let's start with, you know, visiting lonely people mm-hmm. or, you know, benefiting the impoverished or giving hope to the hopeless, or let's start by that. Mm-hmm. Like that's what putting, it's not about putting Christmas, the word on a Starbucks cup. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought, what if it's not just about putting Christ into Christmas, like what if we put Christ back into Christian, mm. you know, like oh, yeah. what the Dickens you guys, like, why are we like, we just came off this election season mm-hmm. and a cultural like mm-hmm. rift and a pandemic and all these things are making yes. us hate everybody else. Yes. None of it came across as very Christ-like, especially from Christian people. Right. You know, like they were the first people to jump on a political bandwagon or to jump on a race bandwagon mm-hmm. or to jump on a mask bandwagon, mm-hmm. trying to find the fault in everybody else. And like Jesus was quite specific right. about like who we're supposed to fall fault in. And it deals with a plank in our own eye and not a speck in our brother's eye. And so anyway, I, I was just thinking about that as he was talking about that, like, you know, talking about living a fuller life. And we think that we're already in the fuller life because we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we, now we go to church. And so I'm in the yeah. fuller life. When in fact, there's so much more work to do, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, for me, like um, my AG background, it was all about the rules, you know? So you, you convert to being a Christian, you've accepted Jesus in your heart and then come all the rules. You know, there's the rules that the Bible say, and then there's these rules over here that'll help make sure that you're following the rules that are in the Bible. So it became just rules on top of rules on top of rules, where if you're following all the rules, then you're this, like you said, perfect person. And you can then be well-regarded as a leader. Um, But until you are perfect and following all the rules, there's no way you can lead uh, other people or show other people, um, you know, how to do all these other things. And uh, that's something that I needed to break away from. And I know my parents regretted seeing me not follow the rules (laughs) and now having kids. Obviously, I I want my kids to do the right things, but, you know, following rules doesn't make you a fulfilled person. Following rules doesn't make you even perfect. You know, you can do all that all day long and still be just wretched and, um, not even a kind person. You know, I think, uh, to Sean's point of, you know, growing out of, uh, this, this old self, there's, um, you know, a point to being saved from the rules and just really understanding that, um, Love never fails, you know, and, and at the, at the end of the day, to your point, you know, the, the golden rule, love others, um, as you want to be loved back and, uh, coming back to that, there's nothing more, you know, how how can you love other people and how can you genuinely show the love of Christ? Not just again, because someone told you to, but because you feel that yourself and, and, um, because you've received God's love, you have love to give others and focusing on that and how we can be extensions of that, uh, to me brings the greatest fulfillment and has nothing to do with following rules. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all again in, in a reflection of, uh, the love that Christ has given me that I'm not deserving of. (laughs) And I know that, you know, we can be critical of, of other people all day long, but, um, 
how are we loving them? How are we, how are we pointing them back to Jesus? Um, you know, family, friends, and even strangers, you know, to your point, how are we feeding the hungry? How are we doing these things? And again, reflecting the love of God, not because someone is telling us to, but because um, that's what God, God told us to do. Yeah, that's so good. How do you live well? Fix your focus. Stop looking at your present and start looking at his gift, Jesus. And I know that this has become so cliche, but he's the reason for the season. What if we just fixed our eyes on him? What if we fixed our focus? What if we listen to the words of 2 Corinthians that say, don't lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed every day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So what do we do? We fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what's seen is temporary. This pandemic is temporary. This shutdown is temporary. And I know it feels like it's been forever. I know it feels like, like it'll never end, but this season we're in is temporary. What is seen is temporary, but what is unseen, that's eternal. I feel like that just goes back to everything we just said. Mm-hmm. Like where we try to measure our lives and our successes and our fulfillment, how the world measures that. Mm -hmm. Cause it's easy, right? We can just look at a magazine and see if we're making it. We can just watch commercials and see if we're making it. We can just, you know, take what, I don't want to say the media. I'm not talking about news. I'm talking about that, but I just, you know, whatever the rest of the world says means success. Like those commercials where that guy like, buys his wife and himself both of like a brand new GMC truck and an SUV. <laughs> yeah. Like who does that? And they're yeah. come out of this house. It's this impossible house. Mm-hmm. And she's like a stay at home mom. Yeah. Like what could he even mm-hmm. do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Dickens is even happening there. But we can look at that commercial and say, it's like, Oh, I, that's what I should aspire to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she bought them. I like matching eye watches or whatever. Right. Which is <laughs> right. even that in and of itself is ridiculous. <sighs> You know, I feel like if I, if I splurge and I get myself and my wife a matching sweatshirt, like that's a big deal, yeah. you know? Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. we look at what the world tells us is success. And while it's super obvious because mm-hmm. it's in commercials and in the magazines, magazines are this printed piece mm-hmm. that you could get at a newsstand or in your mail. I feel like people don't even look at <laughs> magazines anymore. So, but like a, we could just see what the world says and mm-hmm. because those are apparent, but those are just temporary. Mm-hmm. Like there's no value in that. None mm-hmm. of this stuff comes along with us when we leave, mm-hmm. right? No one remembers us for, oh, I remember that guy. He had that really sweet, you know, brand new Subaru, which I love my new Subaru. <laughs> anyway, but like, no one's going to say that. They're going to say, this guy was really charitable. This guy was really right. kind. Or this guy was always available if you needed him. Or this guy was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. Like that's how they're going to remember things. And you can't see mm-hmm. those things. Right. There's no spreadsheet for that. I don't, I'm trying to pick on your spreadsheet, but there's no spreadsheet yeah, for that. Yeah. Yeah. No. And for me to put it in perspective, you know, to Sean's point, like, um, we had to remember, you know, and I'm, I will say I'm grateful for my AG background because there were things that I can look back at and say, I'm grateful that we had to do that. Like we had to memorize all of first Corinthians 13, <laughs> you know, such, you know, now it seems cliche because you know, a lot of those verses get used for weddings all about, you know, it's the love chapter, right. but you know, there's that part in there that I never really understood in um, middle school, high school when we were memorizing it. Um, where we say for, we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is part disappears. And I always thought that, um, 
I, I just didn't understand, you know, or where it goes on to say, uh, for now we only see reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. It was a lot to memorize, all those yeah. words, you know. But and, I, and it's kind of like Yoda talk. Then, right, too, right, it because is. Yeah. Like, what, what does this really even mean? <laughs> but, you know, to, to exactly what Sean was just speaking about, okay, now we only know parts of things. We don't know how this pandemic is going to end. I don't know how this, that, and the other imperfect thing in my life is going to be someday made perfect or better. Um, and I have to be okay with that, you know. And there were so many um, years, and even growing up, where I just, I thought, I have to work towards the perfect and then we'll be satisfied once a perfect, you know, to the conversation that we've had up until now. Now, looking back at these verses, I can find new meaning in them. I'm, I'm supposed to be okay knowing in part. I'm not supposed to know the completeness of all the things. I'm not supposed to know how pandemic or, you know, when my kids are going back to school, you know, I keep hanging right. my head on, oh, once the kids are back in school, things will be better. But, you know, it, it's okay not to know all of those things because right now I can still be whole. I can still be fulfilled exactly where I am, even in the imperfectness, even in the parts and pieces that are just um, floating. And, you know, again, finding contentment in that is not always easy, but that's something that I find personally fulfilling having worked through and hearing the encouragement from Sean, it's okay. And um, things will work their way out. And if we just keep our focus on God, he's going to work those things for our benefit. Um, and again, like going back to these old verses um, and, and seeing that, you know, God already had this outlined for us. Um, and I, there's, um, friends that I have at, at work who, you know, say, oh, I already read the Bible, you know, as if it's one and done. Right, yes. And, you know, but going back to these things, you realize there's there's different meaning that comes out to you uh, depending on what part of, of life, you know, you're going through. And this is one of those that, again, popped into my head as Sean was speaking um, to those points. Oh, gosh, I thought you were... Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was, Sorry, I was going to keep rambling, no, but no, I figured I was, I'd stop I and let you talk. Because I love that you talked about that passage in Paul's letter to the church in Corinth and about yeah. how we, like, we can't see things. We see things as they would appear in a mirror. And right. like, listen, they didn't have glass like we have glass. Right. They didn't have mirrors like we had mirrors. They had like a piece of metal that they shined up as best as they possibly right. could. And that's the mirror that Paul's talking about. Right. So when you think about our mirrors, you're like, well, yeah, I mean, I can see it clearly. It's reversed, <laughs> but like a mirror is a mirror. Right. That wasn't a mirror in the first century. Right. Like it was a shiny piece of metal. So right. if you think about trying to like fix your lip gloss on the fender of your car, <laughs> yes. like that's the mirror. Yeah. And so, and I feel like that so applies good. also to like, what you just said, because sometimes we don't get the whole context of how this applies to my life. Yeah. Like I don't get the context of where this falls in my lifetime exactly. or in my life or even in my day. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine the context of God? Mm. Like, and like the things that, that God, I don't know, has happened or allows to happen. That's another conversation, right. but like what the context of that is. And so we're only seeing a small part of that. We have no idea. Oftentimes I talk about this toy when I was a kid. I don't know if maybe it was a toy when you were a kid. But it was like this, it was from play school and it was like a bunch, actually it was probably like my kids' toys now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it. But it was like this, it was like a board, like a plastic board and there was like a bunch of like different colored like cog wheels. And then you put the cogs onto the little spinny things mm -hmm. and then like when you turned a little crank, mm -hmm. like it would turn the first cog wheel, which would turn the second cog wheel, which would turn the third cog sure. wheel, right all the way across the whole board until like a bell rang. Yeah. And so like 
I'm over here cranking this thing, but a bell's ringing a mile away, and I have no idea what the bell means or what it's for, mm. but I know that I my job right now is to turn this crank. That's good. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about COVID or I think about the difficulties that we come up against, right. I have no idea. I don't see the whole picture. I only see exactly. things in part. Mm-hmm. I see it like in a mirror, mm-hmm. right? Which, again, a shiny piece a of metal. Mm-hmm. I don't have the full idea. Right. I get a sense of it. Right. So when I think about the difficulty in my life or the unsuccess in my life or the Mm -hmm. failure in my life, like I'm not seeing the whole picture. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and so I feel like that's a really important, like, and I didn't figure that out until like, again, five Mm -hmm. years ago. Exactly. Exactly. Because you just are ingrained thinking that you have to be perfect. Right. And then you'll have it figured out. Yeah. No one's got it figured out. Right. And that's refreshing to hear too, especially from Jesus people where you think that, oh, they've definitely got the perfect life. They definitely have it all figured out. Um, But, you know, I know it's become cliche even now because, you know, I think Jeremiah 29, 11 is a verse that a lot of people choose as their life verse and it gets repeated so much that we're, we, it, it becomes rote to a point where, you don't even know what it means. You just say it without yeah. the meaning. But that's one that, you know, I, I believe it, you know, and I and I have to purposely choose to believe that, you know, when I'm feeling hopeless or when I look at others who um, also don't seem to find purpose in life, you know, but if, if we truly believe that God has a plan for us and it's a plan to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us hope and a future, you know, those are things that, again, when I, when I really think about it and, and God said these things and I, if I believe them, then, uh, you know, I find that peace just takes over and can really give the direction that I need to get through that day or that hard time, whatever it is, um, when I'm, when I'm feeling hopeless or when I'm trying to give encouragement to others, God has a plan for you. Um, and, and you can have hope in the future. We don't know what the future is. Um, and that's okay. We we're we're going to get the strength that we need to get through this time, get through this day, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. We don't always need to get our heads around everything Mm -hmm. that like, we don't have to completely understand it for it to be, for us to buy into it. And that's how we normally would do things. Like I think about, you know, me at work or you at work, like, Mm -hmm. hang on now, I got to get my head around this because Mm -hmm. what you're saying, that doesn't even make any sense. Like I need to see the full concept. I need need to see the full, Mm -hmm. you know, reach of this scope was the word I was looking for. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to life, we're never going to get our heads around it. And we're just going to keep being disappointed if that's all we're going to hope for. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, I got to wait till I get my head around it. When I get my head around it, then I'm in. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, guess what? None of us do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. God, it's so good. Isn't that so good for the Lord? He is your life. So even though the thief, he only comes to steal and kill and to destroy. Jesus, he has only come so that you can have life and you can have it to the fullest. Regardless of a virus or a pandemic, a lockdown or a quarantine, he has come so you can live well. Are you? Are you living well today? In Alpha, we talk about this a lot, about living life to the full Mm -hmm. and about how there needs to be more to life than, than this. And so if you've not gone through Alpha, let me just encourage you to, uh, to pay attention when the next Alpha course comes up, because it's fantastic. It's, you know, it's not just for people that don't have an understanding of who they are in their faith. It's for everybody that's ever wanted to ask a question about their faith, but were too scared in church mm-hmm. to ask, or I don't know, didn't think that they were smart enough to ask, mm-hmm. that Alpha is this great way to do it. And so we start by talking about, you know, there's got to be more to life than this and talk about living life to the full. They talk about living life to the full a lot. And I feel like this falls back to the thing that we just talked about a couple a couple of sections ago, 
where we need to redefine what living life to the full means. That again, if it, it if it's something that we feel like we can measure, then you know we'll find that we're always going to be empty. But if we find that fullness or living a life that's full, living life to the full means trying to be everything that I am and what God wants me to be. It's not attainable, but it's comforting. Mm-hmm. It fits. I feel like it fits. It fits like a really nice sweater. Yeah. That you don't care what it looks like. It's just as long as it fits oh, well. Yeah. I guess I got this new Carhartt sweatshirt <laughs> from Subaru and I love it. It's ginormous, right? And I'm not a small guy to begin with. And so like you can imagine how big it must be, but I love that. Like, I probably won't wear it out because it's huge. It's ridiculously huge, but I love it. I mean, how mm-hmm. it makes me feel like I love because it fits me. Yeah. And I feel like that's the kind of fullness that the Bible's talking about when it talks about living life to the full. Like it's mm-hmm. a sweatshirt or a sweater that just feels good. You don't care what it looks like. You don't care if it's ugly. You don't care if it's just like, I love being in this sweater. Right. And so if I can define or redefine what living life fully means mm-hmm. or living life well means to that, a life that I'm comfortable in, mm-hmm. like how there's so much freedom in that. Oh, yeah. And to me too, like during this Christmas season, <laughs> I need that reminder because, you know, I think, okay, I've got to work on having the perfect tablescape for Christmas right. dinner. I've got to buy the perfect presents for all the kids. They've got to be perfectly wrapped. Caleb's got to have all of his things. And there's just a lot of pressure to do everything perfectly. And, you know, the idea is if everything is perfect, then you'll be truly fulfilled. You'll truly be living well. But I constantly have to remind myself that those things in hindsight really don't matter. The kids are yeah. going to get presents. Caleb will get his stuff done. Um, and, and we're going to have Christmas dinner, whether or not the tablescape is perfect. Um, and, and the, the fact g- that you even called the tablescape <laughs> makes me feel like it's like already at a perfect level oh, for a lot man. of us, but yeah. Okay. All the Pinterest boards. Yeah. Um, but you know, cause you, you, you strive for that type of perfection, but then in between, are you li- really living well? Are you really uh, um, yeah. absorbing the moments? Are you making the right kind of memories? You know, the, I think back to my childhood and all the happy memories, you know, during the holidays. And I think I, I go overboard trying to make those same memories for my own kids. But I have to realize that, you know, these are different times. These are new times. And, you know, as long as we're there loving our children, we're present, they're going to have great memories. You know, we, we've got the tree, we've got, you know, the house decorated, you know, so the kids are going to remember that. And whether it matches everything I see in the magazines or on Pinterest, uh, you know, again, I'm the only one that is, that is, um, holding myself to those standards. The kids are going to enjoy it regardless. And, and uh, you know, am I really living well or am I, trying to make myself crazy with these unattainable goals. So then I have to reset, realize, you know, I'm, I'm super blessed, you know, even just with exactly what I have, no more. And, and how can I focus on, um, you know, uh, um, how can I focus on these blessings instead of wishing for more? And again, when I can do that, I just, I realize that I have been blessed uh, in amazing ways. And again, you know, to all the points that we've spoken um, through this hour, uh, that's, that's where I can find true uh, fulfillment and satisfaction uh, in, in what God has given me. Because as I'm thinking about you and what you're saying and about the, your tablescape and the <laughs> gifts and the gift list and the tree mm-hmm. and the right music and everything else, yes. right? Yes. All those things are, are what you put in your head. Exactly. Right? Like you drew it. Yep. Like you, I'm, there's, here's the parameters of success, <laughs> yes. of a successful Christmas or a fulfilling Christmas. Exactly. And so, and then no one's even looking at that. Like, it's not like you published that and showed it to your friends or your mom or your, (laughs) or Caleb and say, Hey, here's, I want you to hold me accountable to this. If it's, if I fall short, let me know. Mm -hmm. So the only person that's going to know that you didn't get there was you. Exactly. 
Exactly. And we do that in our lives all yep. the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah. we, we write these rules and then we're mad that we don't meet the rules that we just wrote. Exactly. Idiot. <laughs> I'm not calling you an idiot. No, I get it. Yeah. So anyway, so like I feel true. like, so like if I, so now if I reread scripture, if I reread yes. my faith mm-hmm. and I see like, what did God, like, what are the primers that God said? Yes. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul by loving others, yeah, right? Love oh, others. well that, I can match that. Exactly. I can do that. There's exactly. no map or list of Christmas right. rules that I have to meet. And then all of a sudden there's your freedom because right. you realize, oh, I can do that. I can do that right with what I have. You know, my little disciples at home and, you know, the circle of friends and family that I have, I can love them <laughs> arguably more. And they're, they're, there's my goal and done. So all of a sudden I, I realize that I've, I've made it or I've done it. I've, I've, um, you know, done what God has called me to do. He has called me to do really no more. <laughs> right. Yeah. And again, there's that fulfillment. I need to stop being informed of what I'm supposed to do by the world. Because it's supposed to, right? Like mm-hmm. I feel like, well, I need to have a tablescape because I'm supposed to. <laughs> exactly. Have you seen me? Have you seen this hair? Do you see these lips? Like a woman like me has to have a tablescape. <laughs> do you see my infinity? So oh, I feel like, Scott. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to pick on you. <laughs> I'm just so saying funny. that but we do that. Like yeah. a woman like you is supposed to have these things. It's supposed to look this way. Right. But mm. who's keeping score? Right. right. You are. Mm-hmm. Like right. we have to let go. Like supposed to wear matching socks. You're supposed to wear matching socks. A woman like, I'm sorry, I'm not really picking on you. <laughs> I love it. But Keep like a man, a man like me, I'm supposed to wear matching socks. Yeah. I'm supposed to like, who says? Right. Like. Who says I'm supposed to work eight hours a day? Who made that rule up? I'm my own business person. If I don't want to work eight hours today, I'm not going to work it today. Exactly. Because I'm supposed to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like God gives me the rules. And, and like, I don't mean to keep pounding on this. Yeah. And they're, they're, they come down to two. And like, as long as I'm doing that, I'm following the rules. Yep. These are what I'm supposed to do. Everything else is a narrative that I'm writing myself. Yes. So like good. an instruction guide, a manual. Yep. Like written to me, by me, so that I can fail it. That's just <laughs> stupid. Anyway, I don't know why I got all mad at you just then. Anyway. No, it's good. It's yeah. good. It's refreshing. Anyway, okay, that's it. That's that's the episode. I'm going to get offline and apologize 20 times to Angela. No. Thanks for joining us today. It was so great to have you. I really enjoyed our conversation you, very, very much. I appreciate it. If you guys liked uh, this episode, uh, please share it with people that you feel might benefit from these words or like encourage them to subscribe to the Chew On That podcast. You can find it on all your favorite Chew, nope, all your favorite podcast channels. They're not all Chew by podcast channels <laughs> they're just podcast channels like apple and google and spotify and amazon i think it's so we're out there we're everywhere and so like just subscribe so you never miss an episode because there's great conversation like this that happens each and every week as we not just talk about what pastor sean or whoever's speaking had to say but just talk about what god has to say and like what that looks like in real life because we're not about living out like this churchy life so what does this look like in a church person's life we're talking about what it looks like in a child of god's life and that's what we're all about so thanks for joining us i can't wait to talk to you again next time see you